I think their ego has has created a massive, massive division within our industry. And the people who are grown up enough, respectful enough to lay down the ego, humble enough to lay down the ego, those are the people who are going to be great. Those are the people who are going to share their knowledge. Those are the people who are going to encourage other people to be better, to level up. Those are the people who are going to try to make change in the industry for the better. Um, And those are the people who have the willingness to learn. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again. And we're looking forward to a great episode. This time, we're inviting on the show Ben Poole from HVAC Tactical. And we're going to have a great conversation about the momentum that he is trying to drive in the trades to get people excited about being a part of the home services industry. But before we do that, of course, we're going to have a little bit of conversation ourselves. And we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. There is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. Ernest Hemingway. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, we're going to talk about some humility and some, some you know, thinking you're uh, superior to your fellow man, you know, because we're going to talk about HVAC techs. So. Oh, I thought we were talking about you and your biography. One, one goes with the other, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> humility is one of those things that, uh, you know, it it's... It is a difficulty for all of us, I believe. You know, uh, Nobody can walk around saying that I am humble. It defeats the point. And yet it is important, especially in the home services industry, which is built upon the, uh, the concept of servanthood, right? To be out there, to be serving another person, another human, uh, to be a friend uh, to those of your coworkers and helping them out, whether it's learning their technical abilities or their communication or giving them a tool or running them apart or whatever it is that they need. There's a level of humility that is uh, necessary um, for the home services industry to function at its highest capacity. It's a great topic to focus on. Hey, speaking of humility, I was, uh, well, this is going to sound strange, but I was uh, talking to some guys at the urinals. At uh, It's already strange. <laughs> in uh, Phoenix, Arizona last week, where Nate and I were fortunate enough to be uh, um at the Authority Brands Convention for one hour, Ben Franklin and Mr. Sparky and Stop Restoration and Dry Medic Restoration, for that matter. And uh, that was pretty cool because not only were we fortunate enough to be part of that, and I love going to the convention, like any any kind of convention I can go to and just meet a ton of new people in the trades. But we were uh, awarded kind of twice, actually. Well, I don't know about what. 30 times. You're bringing all. this up when we're discussing humility? <coughs> yeah. That makes course. sense. Yeah, <laughs> this great. Is me, this is me, my act of humility. Th- this is the humblest we're going to get. Right. Okay. <laughs> this is it. And so let's talk more about us. Anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah. Um, stood up in front of everyone at the opening ceremony and, and thanked um, for the podcast, but also received a, uh, I don't know what the award is, like a, like a 
Excellence Award. Yes, we yeah. are now the award-winning, the award-winning Waste No Day podcast. We were given an award, and and uh, Glenn Bell did a nice speech for us, which was pretty cool, I think, because I actually missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one Aaron Buckwalter uh, was in there and told us it was fantastic. So it sucks that I missed that part, but cool that it happened. You know, we were given an award that we. I don't know, we had like 30 awards for our uh, location here, so we had to have them all mailed out. But as soon as we get it, you can bet that we will be taking ridiculous amounts of pictures with it and putting it all over social media. So look out for that. Yeah, so I, I had a conversation with a couple Sparkies who received Crown Champion Awards, which is to say they sold over a certain amount um, of, of revenue. And these guys are techs, so they sell and install it themselves. And they were the first crown champions ever at their location, and that's uh, Rusty Wise's location in North Carolina. And they were, you know, they were they were super proud, and I love talking to them because it's their first time being an award, getting an award like that. <clears throat> but uh, their names were Christian and Cameron, and I just wanted to give them a shout out because they told me that short of the Waste No Day podcast, they very well might not be crown champions. That was pretty cool. That so, is awesome. Congratulations, guys. Yep. I appreciate you guys listening and giving us that love at the urinal, as it were. Uh, and uh, yeah, keep listening. So it's interesting you mentioned awards, Brian, and we're, we're grateful about that. Um, and certainly we're thankful for everything that has gone into making that possible. Uh, awards is actually something that HVAC Tactical focuses on. They do kind of their own award show, and it's yeah, part buddy. of what they're doing to bring uh, you know, excitement and interest into the trades. And that's, that's a really cool thing. And if you're a part of a location uh, that is not doing some type of awards or part of an organization that is handing out awards, you know, more universally or something like that, that could be something to consider, you know, a trophy or an award or a gift card or something like that, just to drive home the concept of doing the right things that matter most and doing them well. Uh, and HVAC Tactical has kind of taking a dive into that section and uh, is, is part of the what they're doing to drive interest. Yeah, and uh, props to our man Gil Cavey from HVAC Uncensored Podcast because he won Podcast of the Year from HVAC Tactical last year. All right, that's, that's pretty great. sick. Yeah. Um, I, I teased something last week, which was I talked a little bit about how we got Tim Kennedy on the show, and I figured we could talk about uh, how Chris Voss got on the show, author of Never Split the Difference one of the FBI's most successful hostage negotiators ever. So in, uh, it was pretty early on. Like I wanted to get him on the show like immediately, but like how are you going to get a guy like that on you know, some uh, skilled trade show that nobody's ever heard of besides the, the guys hosting it? And even Nate didn't know about it at that point, even though he was a co-host. <laughs> so I hit, I hit uh, the Black Swan group up I don't know, just went online and like uh, got a hold of some of their people and, you know, worked my magic and made it as, as enticing as I possibly could. And of course, got the email back probably a couple weeks later that just said, unfortunately, you know, Chris has prior engagements and that kind of thing, which is pretty common. You know, it's, um, you got, you know, he, the dude was on Jocko's podcast recently, like we're, we're not that. So <clears throat> we are award-winning though. I just wanted to put that back out there. Yeah. I don't think Jocko shows award-winning. <laughs> hey, certainly just not saying. from authority brands, yeah. you know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, they got back to me and said, you know, he has due to prior engagements or whatever. And 
at that time I was pretty new to it. So I was just like, well, when, when doesn't he have engagements? And you know, I just never got a response. They're like, yeah, all right. So I thought about it and I'm like, well, how would I, you know, we were talking about magic moments last week and how we had to figure out a magic moment to get uh, Tim Kennedy on. And I'm like, well, how do I, how, how would Chris Voss get himself on here? And I had read the book many times by that point, and I'm subscribed to their newsletter, and I, I uh, used it often in my trainings, and I t- constantly tell our people and people who listen to this show that to go become a member of the Black Swan Group and get their negotiation strategies that would just make you so much better a communicator. <clears throat> so I started thinking about at least how I thought Chris would go about doing this. So... I, I sent a uh, email back, and this was their booking agent, uh, Amina Collins, who was their booking agent at the time. I said, do you have anyone who'd be available? And she sent me the list, and one of the people on the list was Brandon Voss. And I had heard of Brandon Voss, like from the book, and, and just being part of what they do. That's Chris Voss's son, and he is also the president of the Black Swan Group, and he was not readily available, but I, I want to say it was like a couple months later, he would be available. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll definitely set something up. So we booked it and Brandon's show quickly became one of the, what well, it became the most downloaded show we'd ever done. And it sat on top of the leaderboard for over a year because it was such a phenomenal episode here in Brandon. What did he, uh, he role played as like an electrician with us, didn't he? Yeah, his role play was killer. It was a killer role play. Like he, he, yeah, he was, he was the uh, service tech in the home, and he just crushed it. <clears throat> Made Nate very uncomfortable, as I recall. <laughs> Nate bought. He sent him a check later. <laughs> For sure, that was uh, that was a great episode. Episode fifty four, August thirtieth, two thousand twenty one. Yeah, phenomenal episode. So we did that, and then I sent a handwritten thank you card with a Starbucks gift card to. Not Brandon Voss, Amina, their booking agent. And I said, thank you so much for making that happen for us. Great episode, great time. We appreciate you treating us like one of the big podcasts, you know? And then I waited, what did I wait? Was it three months, six months? Probably six months. And got a hold of her again. And I just went to the next um, trainer up the list of, of trainers she gave me. And that was Derek Gaunt, and another phenomenal episode came of that. <clears throat> and I wrote another note, handwritten note, thank you so much, made it very personal, and went into how much we appreciate her and what she does, another gift card. And on that one, she sent, she sent, uh, sent me a text or email or something and just said, you know, she went on and on about how cool it was that we thought of her and took care of her that way. So I made some deposits knowing that eventually I'll make a withdrawal. And she was super professional and super cool. And, and to be real, like she treated me like I felt like I could have been the booking agent for Joe Rogan show or something like they, she was, you know, a lot of people don't even get back to us. Like I just never hear back from them. So I keep emailing them every week, every few weeks, I'll change my email address and hit them from another one in case they blocked it. And it just goes on and on and on with this (laughs) one-sided conversation in case anyone wants to know how I got married something like that. <clears throat> and she responds to every responded. To, I don't think she's there anymore actually, but she would respond to every email or text or whatever, like 
get right back to me. And I just, I appreciated that professionalism. So now we've had his son on, we've had one of his trainers on, I tagged them in, in any post I made about them. And then I would just kind of randomly like, uh, on their Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn posts, I would post things, um, just, you know, letting them know I'm here. And then it was like a month before our 100th episode. And I <clears throat> shot her a text or email or something. And I said, hate, hate to do this to you. And, and what they train is they train for you. Like, let's say you're going to go try to get that hotel room upgrade. They train for you to walk up to the, to the uh, person behind the desk and say, oh, I hate to do this, but I am going to ruin your day. And you just get them ready for like, oh, now what? He set the room on fire. What'd they do? <laughs> Broke the window. And you just say, is there any way I could get a room upgrade? And that's it. Like the people are like, <gasps> they're all swelled up. Like, oh, this is going to be so. And they just, and then they're just like, and it works. I've done it like a half dozen times now in different ways. And the people go, oh, oh yeah, I can, that's nothing. Please. I thought it was going to be something really bad. So instead of you just going, hey, can you give me, you know, just every whatever who, who walks up and demands something for free for nothing. You, you set them up for this and then you ask for it and you're a nice guy. You know, you'd be really cool about it. And uh, I did the, uh, I hate to do this to you. That was the subject. And then the question was, we're coming right up on our 100th episode and we wanted to make it really special. And one person that our audience really wants to hear from, including us personally, is Chris Voss. If there, is there anything you could do to, to get him on before this date? Um, but believe me, if it can't happen, I totally get it. We're not that big of a show. Either way, I really appreciate you. What does she say? I will do anything in my power to, to, get, to nice. get him on your show. Like, Love it. Of course, because we'd established like a friendship and, and, you know, we made some deposits uh, before we ever made a real withdrawal and, and it was an awesome episode. I actually, got, I got a cell number. We text every now and then. No, I do have a cell number, but I, I'm always afraid to text him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to send the, the feds to kick the That's door. Right. That's Give right. me that phone. Just delete his number out of it. Um, so, yeah, so it was like maybe not a magic moment necessarily, but, well, I don't know. For me, it was a pretty magic moment because what was I saying the whole time? Uh, that you were going to make it happen. Yeah. I was given a play-by-play -play to Nate and Mike here. Uh, of exactly what I was doing and how I was working it out. Anyone who's been in sales or sales training for a long time knows what they refer to the booking agent as in selling. They call that the gatekeeper. And your job as a salesperson, if you're doing like phone sales or, or sales where you have to get through the secretary or whatever to get to the person you want to talk to, you have to figure out how to get through the gatekeeper. And that was what we were trying to do is establish a, a relationship with a gatekeeper who would then put us through to the next person. And, you know, we did this. We talked about this last week. We tried to do the same thing with Jim Collins. And I thought we did a great job establishing a relationship with the gatekeeper, but we never got Jim on the show yet. Yes. Yeah. That's right. All three of us are still alive. So there's, there's a hope. <laughs> Great story, Brian, and uh, that's that's certainly one of the things we're going to continue driving home here is trying to get great quality guests on for you and the listeners. And uh, before we do that and we get into Ben's interview, we're going to have our review of the week. Great podcast for the industry. There aren't many podcasts for the trades, and this is by far the best one. I 
That should have been in all caps, the far part. They cover a wide variety of things pertaining to all things, plumbing, electrical, and HVAC. This is a great tool to utilize for training technicians for any owner or supervisor. Five stars. Best Plumber 215. 215. It's got to be Philly, right? Could be, or it could be your address in Conestoga. Mm. I'm guessing Best Plumber out there. No, I Mr. Humble over I would, here. I would never claim to be that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that arrogant. <laughs> I doubt I'm the limits. best. There's I doubt limits. I was the best plumber on my street. <laughs> we we appreciate you, best plumber. Absolutely. I'm going to guess best plumber from Philly because Philly's a 215 area code. Thank you for the review and the shout out. And if you uh, would be so inclined and get anything out of this show, by all means, drop us a review on Apple. Tag us in something in Facebook. Or uh, last and certainly least, just shoot me a message that nobody else is going to see on Facebook, which is what everybody does. <laughs> well, what you are going to see, or rather hear right now, is Mr. Ben Poole as we put him in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Ben Poole. He has been a fabricator, an installer, a service tech, an owner-operator, a comfort advisor, and everything else in the HVAC industry. He's been a trainer for a major OEM and the founder now of HVAC Tactical and the HVAC Tactical Awards. He's a third-generation HVAC man himself. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. We are excited to talk to you. Yep. Good to talk to you again. We talked a few weeks ago about making this episode happen. I, I was not familiar with HVAC Tactical, but our shared good friend, John Shamahorn, who was actually a guest on the show last year, um, said that it would be a good idea for us to connect. So I dug into HVAC Tactical a little bit and what it was about. And I felt like much like this show, um, it's a lot less about the technical aspect of the trades and a lot more about making the trades sexier, like getting people into the trades, getting people who are in the trades, you know, uh, more excited about what we do for a living and, and serving people and what we have the opportunity to accomplish in our careers. Yeah, I really feel like we have to stop trying to recruit people into this trade, right? And as we make this trade sexy again, we start to attract people into this trade. And I think that's the route that we really need to take. We need people who want to be in this trade, who want to have a passion for this trade, not just somebody who's looking for a job. Nice. And that is absolutely needed as, uh, you know, we're we're all looking for people in the trades, regardless of what industry or what geography you're coming from. Uh, we are sure in need of a lot of help. And that's where bringing about a, a mind shift to what the trades are and how you can benefit from them as a career is so critical. And that's why it's going to be a great conversation today. But before we jump into what HVAC Tactical means to you and everything about it, we want to hear a little bit about your story and how you got into the trades and what your pathways looked like. Oh, that's a, that's a long story. Um, I'll give you the short condensed version. Uh, I'm third generation in this industry. I've been doing this pretty much my entire life. Um, I remember as a kid, you know, crawling through ductwork, uh, rolling around in insulation in a driveway as my grandfather was fabricating ductwork. Uh, I grew up sleeping at my grandfather's shop and, you know, fabricating metal and moved on to installs and service and, and then into management and stuff like that. Um, I've owned multiple companies. Um, that's part of the way that I met John Shamahorn, a great guy, by the way. And um, yeah, so I just kind of, I've done this my entire career, essentially, in this industry. And uh, I'm 41 now. 
And so, you know, I just kind of started this little thing in the background and, you know, my entire career has, has really been about helping the consumer of the industry. And now that it's kind of shifted where I really want to focus on helping the contractors in the industry, you know, my fellow brothers and sisters in the trade, as opposed to going to bat for somebody who just happens to be buying an air conditioning system. Yeah, absolutely. And so have you, how long have you been in a truck? Like, what does that progression look like? Um, like I said, I was, you know, I was born and raised in this, so I've been on job sites since I can remember, but, um, it probably wasn't until maybe early 2000, late ni- maybe late 1990s, early 2000s when I was actually started to kind of run service calls. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my, I would say my mid, now my, my early twenties when I decided, Hey man, you know, if I'm going to do this as a career, like I should probably go back and learn a few things. And what I quickly realized was how much I didn't know. And, uh, you know, being in this, in this industry for so many years, you know, I've been just being young and cocky, you know, you're just kind of like, dude, there's nothing anybody's going to teach me. I've been there, done it. I've seen it all. I've done it all. Like get out of the way. And then, uh, I've, I've been humbled pretty hardcore a few times and in some rooms with some old heads who really knew what the heck they were talking about. Um, and it really just kind of pushed me to go back and relearn a lot of stuff. And when I did that, um, I kind of realized that a lot of the stuff that I had learned as a young man, these, these rules of thumb, if you will, in the industry, they're great rules of thumb. But reality is that the industry has changed so drastically and so fast that um, they kind of don't exist anymore, right? And you, what you're left with is you're left with these guys who've been doing this for 20 or 30 years, and they hold on to that as their as their wild card, if you will, right? Like that's their go-to. Is well, I've been doing this for 30 years, you know. It's just like I always just go, hey, look, man, the very fact that you have to throw that out there into the conversation is the problem. That yet you don't take the time to continue to learn and educate and and really just humble yourself and realize that no matter how long you've been doing this, there's always something new to be learned, right? And so, um, you know, I spent many years rolling around in a service truck, honing my skills doing that, spent many years on a job site uh, doing doing installs, and my knees definitely feel that. Um, but then, you know, I started a company and I got into more of the management role. Um, and as you're starting a company, right, like you have to kind of wear all hats. And so you're out there doing service calls, you're doing the installs, you're, you're still managing stuff, you're doing your own sales. And so, um, yeah, I've owned a couple of different companies and I ended up here in Texas and, um, spent the last nine years building this company up with my dad. And my dad and I recently decided to go our separate ways. And so, um, I left my company and, uh, I'm just out here trying to go full-time tactical now. All right. So let's jump in there then. What is HVAC Tactical? HVAC Tactical is a, is a started as a clothing brand. It's just this like cool, like, hey, man, we should make some really cool shirts and hats. And it just quickly turned into this movement, right? And part of the brand, part of the slogan in the brand is, is the slogan is called It's a Mindset. And part of that all revolves around like you can do anything tactically right so when people hear the word HVAC tactical and I found myself in the very beginning like trying to explain to people like what I meant by HVAC tactical because a lot of people are like so like you sell like vests and boots and like you know guns or <laughs> and and I mean I, I get it right our culture has just taken that word tactical and just made it synonymous with with guns right and and SWAT teams and military and this and that. But if you look at the way that military and SWAT teams perform, everything that they perform is tactical. And the reason that 
they do it that way is because you have a your problem your outcome is is um what's the word I'm looking for? The the outcome is is very predictable, right? And so if you do things in a tactical manner, like you're you have this goal in mind, you have these steps of what it's gonna take to get there, and then you execute because everybody's on the same page. And so I say that you can do anything tactically. You can bake a cake tactically, right? Um and so being tactical is really just a mindset. You can attack anything in a tactical manner. And why should why should our industry of HVAC be like this exception to the rule? Like we just HVAC guys walk around thinking like we're just regular rules in life don't apply to us because well we're just HVAC guys and it's like no this applies in everything and all things and you got to get your mind right first and then everything else kind of falls in place. So is that really what it has turned into now? Is it uh, talk about the the movement so to speak side of it? Yeah. So. So the, the brand itself, I mean, the, the clothing brand is like the marketing piece or the mouthpiece, right? Of just like getting the, the, the name out there. Um, and it's cool. And we'll continue to, you know, bring out cool products and, and innovate and stuff like that. But yeah, the movement essentially is just getting, getting people to buy into the fact that, hey, look, I want to be more than just this mediocre HVAC guy. I don't want to be your average HVAC guy, you know, and I taught sales for, for Lennox about four years. And part of the thing that I would teach all the time was, dude, you got to be different in all things, right? Like you got to speak different. You got to look different. You got to just dress different. Like you have to conduct yourself in a different manner because if you don't, then what separates you from the average Joe down the street? Why should somebody buy from you versus somebody else? And so I feel like with a tactical mindset, it's like you have to make that conscious decision to truly want to be the best at what you do. And from that point, everything else just kind of falls into place, right? Because then you start strategically doing things in just a different way because you're on this mission, if you will. You have this set uh, goal of where you're trying, what you're trying to accomplish. And so this whole thing just turned into a movement where these people are just buying into the program and saying, hey, look, I truly want to be a master of my craft, right? You never really achieve master status. It's just kind of like this goalpost that just keeps moving on you, right? But the, the objective is, is to try for it. And in that journey, in that process, you just truly become truly, truly great at what you do. And um, and it's like anything. I mean, you have to have a passion for it, right? Like, I don't care if you work at McDonald's, like, have a passion for it. I mean, have you ever been out to eat and the service was just absolutely terrible? And then on the flip side, you go out to eat and the service is like absolutely great. And you're just like, holy crap, dude, I want to offer this person a job. Like, they're so passionate about serving tables, you know, working at McDonald's. It's, it's hard to It's hard to not want to offer somebody a job to come onto your team because you want that passion so bad. And so that's what we've created. We've just created this mindset and this movement that, hey, man, jump on board. We're just scooping people up as we go, right? We're just trying to get people to, to be the best that they can possibly be. And I think that when we elevate as individuals in this industry, the entire trade elevates. And when the entire trade elevates, man, we can do some magical stuff. Absolutely. And we, uh, we, we actually do that. Our, one of our one of our early ep well like it's like episode thirteen was uh, Tracy one of our um, well what is she team lead uh, she's CSR. actually she was a team leader and now she is our um, call center coach basically she yeah. she onboards all the new CSRs and and helps with existing ones and everything yeah just a just a, an animal and I don't you know I don't say that negatively I'm very positively but she's uh, just a beacon of customer service and positivity and we as a leadership team used to eat lunch where she 
tended bar and occasionally there were no tables. So we would sit at the bar and eat our lunch and she would wait on us. Well, it got to the point where we would only go in there to sit at the bar to have her wait on us. One, because she always got the orders correct. Two, probably the other way around. One, because her attitude was just fire, man. When you left being served by her, you were more excited about your day. And uh, man, it took us a year, which is pretty phenomenal on her part because we're, we're some pretty hard selling dudes, but it took us a year to actually convince her to come work for us. And she's a rock star in our, in our brands now. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's very true that when you see someone with that level of service, kind of naturally, you want them to be part of your organization. But I think what HVAC tactical is probably more about and what we try to do more of on waste no day is try to input that sense of ownership of your attitude into the people in the trades currently and being excited about what you do for a living, being ex- being excited about what you're part of, which is not typical in HVAC. It's like a, uh, you know, if you get into one of these Facebook groups with 50,000 HVAC techs in it, it's really, they just spend most of their time dogging each other, uh, dogging each other's work. And it's, it can be very negative. And anytime you get around a lot of trade people, you, it can be very negative. And this is the first thing I've ever heard of HVAC tactical that is designed to give people pride in what they do in the trades. Like there's no, you know, you're not an HVAC company. You're not trying to hire technicians. You have seemingly nothing to gain by this except making the trades a better place to work and giving people a sense of pride in what they do by being, you know, in, in the trades. I know it's HVAC tactical, but you and I had a conversation about it being, you know, starting there, but being for all the trades, being for everyone who, who's in the home service skilled trade industry. And that was the part that made me take a time out and text Nate like, yo, we got to do this episode because there's it's just something different, something I've never really heard of before. Yeah, basically, you know, like I don't care. if I mean, So we have, let me rewind for a second. I'm going to hit the Facebook thing. So Facebook is toxic. The, the groups on Facebook, the, there is a lot of knowledge inside of those those groups. but the, and, and great memes. The, Let's not leave that out because there's some pretty hilarious memes in there. There is, but the, the, there's no camaraderie there, right? There's no accountability there. There's no community there. It's just people just tearing people, tearing each other down, telling these one to two year apprentices that are in the trade that you're a piece of crap. Your mother should have never birthed you. I can't believe that you don't know that. You shouldn't be in this industry if you don't know what that is. And like, and they quickly forget that they at one point in this trade were in those very same shoes, right? And what if somebody discouraged them the way that they're discouraging somebody else, right? And, may, and quite honestly, maybe they did. Maybe that's why they have the attitude that they do. So we don't want to play in that film. We, we've, we've created our entire social media platform on Instagram, which is day and night different from, from Facebook. And so when we get trolls into the community over on Instagram, like it's, it's pretty obvious where you came from because you just stand out like a sore thumb. And so we just quickly tell you, hey, look, dude, we're a community here. If this is how you roll, we're, everybody's just going to unfollow you because we don't, we don't play that game, right? We're here to build each other up, try to make the trade a better place. And then 
to answer the other part of your question uh, with your statement there was what we've done is we've created this thing called the HVAC Tactical Award. And what we're finding now is that people who are showing up to these awards are not just HVAC guys. These are also plumbers that are showing up because plumbers don't have anything like this, right? But these plumbers who are, in my opinion, some of the best of the best in the industry, and they have a huge following on social media and stuff, but they're just like, hey, man, we know that we don't do HVAC. I mean, we dabble in some heat, some radiant heat and stuff like that, you know, boilers and stuff. But like, we want to be part of this community. We want to be part of what you guys are doing because it's just incredible. So now we have these plumbers that are coming in and people have asked me, you know, like, what do you think about these plumbers showing up? And I'm like, dude, I'm all for it, man. Like, I don't care if you're building houses. Like, if you're a carpenter and you truly want to be a master of your craft, like, this is the community where you belong, right? So it, it, it started with HVAC, but it is quickly just gaining traction where people just want to be part of something that's much bigger than themselves. And I think that's beautiful, man. I think it's a great place to be where you can just put your ego aside and say, hey, man, I, I know I'm good at what I do, but I want to help somebody else be great at what, at what they do. You know, I want to I want to share some of my knowledge and and just just help one another, build up each other, build great, genuine relationships, create this camaraderie. You know, just because you don't do HVAC, like you're still in a trade and the trades, I mean, we're a brotherhood, you know, with the world, the world doesn't move without us and uh, we're all needed. We're all essential. And I think when, when people get their minds right, there's just, there's a lot of really cool stuff that can happen and that we can force to happen because we have, we're all together. We're all communicating. We're a community. We're moving together as a unit. So Ben, let's dig in there because you mentioned about getting your mind right. And that's, you know, kind of the tagline there. It's, it's, uh, it's more than just a brand. It's more than a lifestyle. It's a mindset. And you've been in the industry. You've been around the industry. You're generationally in the industry. What are the negative mindsets that you are trying to overcome and, and like spot them out for us, you know, call it out one, two, three. These are the ones that I see most frequently. And then let's deal with them. Um, first and foremost, it's the negativity. I mean, and just because somebody doesn't get something right, you know, why do you have to tear them down? Why can't you just say, hey, man, you shouldn't do it that way. And this is why. Right. Uh, or instead of blasting somebody in the comment section, like I, I don't ever do that. You'll never find me blast somebody in the comment section. I always tend to send a direct message and I say, hey, man, that was a great looking install or that was cool. But this is why you shouldn't do that. Right. And now what that person does with that information is whatever that person decides to do with that information. But for the most part, people are pretty genuine and they're like, hey, man, I really appreciate the feedback. Thanks. You know, I'll, I'll try to change that on the next one. Um, so you have, you know, you have the negativity. So, um, and then wait, you have what's, what's that about, Ben? Like, why is that just human nature? Or do you find other industries like are nurses beating each other up for like bad IVs no, and stuff is, like that? It, it is like it is. You know, he said Facebook is toxic. It is specific to these groups where you can have a picture of yourself and and kind of get away with anything. But, you know, we get that kind of thing from time to time. You know, we have a $40 million organization here. So we have, uh, what, 135 employees and we get that here. But you sit someone down, particularly take two people arguing to the conference room and have a conversation with them. It goes away instantly, like instantly when you're face to face. So it is... It is prevalent in the trades for sure, especially if you're like a, an apprentice on a new construction site. It can be pretty brutal, but much less face-to-face -face than it is, you know, behind the safety of a phone screen. 
Well, you know, I think exactly. I think Mike Tyson, you know, said it well. He said something to the nature of, you know, people nowadays have gotten way too comfortable, you know, disrespecting people over over a, a social media platform or in the comment section, and they're not getting punched in the face enough for it. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and know, it, it, there it, is that aspect of it, and you know, there's some pretty huge dudes in the trade, so that's that's a real safety concern I mean, for think you. About it. If if somebody came onto the comment section in Facebook and was spouting off, would you say that same exact thing to a guy on a job site? Right. No, you probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? Because it would escalate out of control pretty fast. Oh, yeah. And so I think that there's just a huge lack of disrespect for one another. And I mean, think about it. When you pull up to a gas station and you see your your competitor, right, in in the in the parking lot, what's your first reaction to that? Do you get out and say, hey, what's up, bro? How's it going, man? You guys staying busy? You know, how are you guys doing, man? You know, do you ask them questions like that? Or do you just look at them and you go, oh, these freaking guys, these guys are hack jobs, bro. Like, they're the worst company in town. You know, I mean, if you stop and think, and you're, if you're real with yourself, it's usually the latter, right? It's usually like, oh, dude, don't even associate with those guys. Those guys are freaking trash. And we've just, at some point in this industry, man, we've just taken the camaraderie and just flushed it down the toilet. And I think what a lot of it has to do with, I think there's there's two main problems in our industry today. Number one is ego. I think that ego has has created a massive, massive division within our industry. And the people who are grown up enough, respectful enough to lay down the ego, humble enough to lay down the ego, those are the people who are going to be great. Those are the people who are going to share their knowledge. Those are the people who are going to encourage other people to be better, to level up. Those are the people who are going to try to make change in the industry for the better. Um, and those are the people who have the willingness to learn. And I think that in order for, and, and the second problem is ed- lack of education. And, but I think in order to educate yourself, you have to lay down your ego because you have to admit that you don't know everything there is to know. So I, I really feel like the, the, the core of it is ego. And if we can lay down the ego, the, the world's our oyster, man. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things that we could accomplish for the better in our industry. But it's a lot of these guys, they just roll around, you know, again, using the wild card of experience, right? Like I've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, but bro, if you've been doing it for 30 years, but you've been doing it wrong for 25 of the 30 years, it's still mm-hmm. wrong. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Yeah. You know, are you still sizing units off square footage? Or are you doing manual J? You know, are you, are you still just getting a 20 degree delta? Or are you actually checking refrigerant cards and, and doing subcool, superheating subcool? I mean, there's all these things. Just because we've been doing it a certain way for a certain amount of time doesn't mean that it was ever right to begin with. And it sure doesn't mean that you should continue to do it that way. You know, so I think that uh, I think ego, lack of education and the willingness to learn. And if we could fix those three things, those three things right there will elevate our trade. Your mindset will change. And, and your career will change. You're going to be happier at work. You're going to have more passion for it. You're going to want to help other people. And then we are truly in one of the greatest industries that you could possibly be in because I think that the service to others is one of the greatest things you could ever do in life for another human being. I mean, if you stop and think about we're the guys who get up from a Thanksgiving dinner with our family to go help some other family stay comfortable because we get called out of the house, right? Or on Christmas Day or whatever. And, you know, you're you're putting your family and your life on the back burner so that you can go help other people. That's a great thing, man. I mean, that's a great thing that we do. And I think we've just lost focus of that. Yeah, the ego, I think it was Weldon Long who first said on this show, although I think several people have said it now, but Weldon Long said, your ego is not your amigo. 
the ego most of the time doesn't doesn't really come from a place of superiority. It comes from a place of inferiority. Like you're exercising ego because you feel inferior despite what it looks like, which is you looking down on people, but it tends to come from a place of feeling insecure. And it, you know, to be honest, I'm a third generation plumber and started a new construction and the trades are full of, um, full of ways to feel inferior and, and they can be very abusive. I mean, it's naturally going to be very abusive on your body. And then, you know, senior techs tend to be pretty abusive to, to apprentices. And maybe that's getting less and less now. It certainly is not the case here, but when I was coming up in the nineties, it was the case. And then, you know, even, even the homeowner that you mentioned that has us out on Thanksgiving Thursday to unclog their kitchen sink or to get their, their heat pump back up and running or, you know, get power back to their house or what have you, they can like show no gratitude whatsoever and, and treat you like crap because you weren't here faster because you have a holidays dispatch fee or they don't like the price or they don't like you or whatever it is. And it's just like abuse, 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 abuse everywhere you turn. And for me, the, the fact of having things like podcasts like this to listen to in between those calls and things like this HVA tactical, which I'll be honest, I still don't quite understand what it is. And I'm, I really want to dig into it. Um, but to where we can get our, our sense of pride for our trade and what we do for a living from kind of outside of those other sources that can kind of go one way or the other. I think it's a great thing for our for our industry, and and we definitely need more of it. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, I'm just trying to elevate the trade, trying to leave the trade in a better condition than it was when I found it. Um, you know, when I got into the trade as a young man, I felt like trade was pretty cool. There was quite a bit of camaraderie, you know, rolling around with my grandfather and my dad, like every parts house we went to. Um, and I guess it was smaller back then too, but every parts house we went to, um, you know, people would, hey, Mr. Poole, how you doing? Hey, Mr. Poole. It was like my grandfather was a freaking legend. I mean, he just, he was a master fabricator and everybody knew him. He made metal for everybody. And um, and I just feel like those old days are just gone, man. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the trade has taken a massive twist and turned downhill. And uh, I'm just trying to make the trade a better place. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like everybody's playing their role. And uh, and now I'm at a point where I, this is mine. I'm just trying to elevate the trade. So, Ben, so much of making the trades a better place starts uh, with with me, right? We, we got to start with ourselves. Um, and so I want to ask you the question, you know, if you can be vulnerable, did you have some bad mindsets that you had to personally shift? And what was what was the victory or the process that you took to get to this new and enlightened phase where, you know, you got your eye on the ball, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you that I, I had ego back in the day, um, you know, becoming third generation into this trade and, you know, just coming up through the, through the ranks and working for other companies and stuff. Um, you know, he's running around like you're just a freaking man. And uh, I had a friend of mine, um, he was like, dude, you're cocky, man. And I was like, no, I'm just confident, bro. You know, and he's just like, no, there's a difference between cocky and confident. And you're definitely cocky. And, uh, you know, but it, it took somebody who was, quote unquote, a, a friend of mine. Right? He was, a, he was a, a friend. And so I didn't take what he was saying with this like, oh, I'm offended. You know, forget you. I'm out of here. Like, I don't, I can't be your friend anymore. I just kind of stopped and reflected on that. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And, and in conjunction with that, you know, taking these like educational courses and stuff like that, just trying to just further my, my skill set, um, you know, being the cocky young guy in the room. Right. And, uh, 
you just start running your mouth and then you, you get humbled real quick because somebody else puts you in your place. And, um, you know, there's, there's, it's pretty humbling experience, you know, being in a room of 20, 30 people and being singled out and kind of being, being singled out that you really don't know what it is you're doing. You don't know what it is you're talking about. And, um, those kind of instances really helped me take a step back and really look at myself and say, you know what, man, I think I need to, I think I need to dial things back a bit. I think I need to go back. I need to learn some stuff because clearly I don't know what I think I know. And, uh, and that's kind of where my journey started of just really trying to hone my skills and be a master of what I do. And, uh, even today, I mean, I'm still learning stuff every day, right? I feel like, again, being a master of your craft is never, you never arrive at that. It's just this journey that you're just constantly trying to achieve. And I'm still a student of the trade, man, still trying to learn as much as I possibly can. But as, as my role now has kind of shifted, um, for me, it's just about helping other people, right? Taking my knowledge. And, and I think training for Lennox, training sales and stuff for Lennox was a, a real help in that aspect because for me, it was so gratifying showing people something and then watching the light bulb go off and they have this aha moment. They're like, oh man, I get it. And then they realize like all the opportunity that they've left on the table over the last several years and how much money they've lost out on and how they've just been doing this stuff completely wrong. And for me, like, I'm just like, man, I love that. I love when somebody just has that light bulb moment and I just help them change the course of their career for the better. Right. Yeah, buddy. It's like like the the most rewarding thing you can do outside of being in a truck. But here's the great thing about teaching is that you got, you know, let's just say a dozen people come to this class and they're all learning from you. Yes. But now you're learning from 12 different people, right? With this combined experience in the room and you're not going to learn everything that they know, but you're going to take these nuggets, right? Uh, from every class that you teach. And so it's like all these people were really grateful that they were learning something in my class. But man, I was super grateful that I'm learning from each and every one of them, right? And so like they're getting this this training from one person, but I'm getting training from 12 people in every class that I go to. And so all that did was allow me to take those nuggets of, of, of information, right? And those, those gold nuggets and just put them away in my toolbox. And I say, hey, man, I can use these in my day to day because I was still doing sales every day running my own company. So, you know, I take all these little tips and tricks that I would learn. And, I, and again, it just helped me accelerate through this, you know, trying to master my craft in the sales game and talking to being a better communicator, being a better Edu- educator for homeowners, right? And um, and so it, it was really amazing. That was one of the things I really loved about the training aspect of it. But um, all of that combined really helped me kind of make this this mind shift where it's like, hey, look, whether you can or whether you can't, you're 100 percent correct, right? It all it all starts with what you believe and how you think about yourself. Um, you know, I'm dealing with my daughter right now who just beats herself up over everything. And uh, just last night we were having a conversation about, you know, you have to you have to care about yourself. She's like, why just care about other people? No, you have to care about yourself and other people. Like, there's this balance point, right? And so it's uh, the mind shift for me was definitely, you know, being able to travel, talking to people, realizing that I don't know what I know, putting my ego aside and then just say, man, I, I really want to be great in this industry, uh, but I want to help other people be great too. And I think that you have to decide in this trade who it is you want to be. And then once you figure that out, you jump in that groove and you just, you just grind it out because this industry is so vast. You can do, it's like being a doctor, right? There's so many specialties that you could decide that you want to be in. A lot of people just end up in this residential or commercial, right? A lot of people think that those are the two 
the two categories. And they're big categories, don't get me wrong, but man, you could go do rack systems and chiller systems and industrial stuff and BRF stuff. I mean, there's there's so many specialties out there. You could do with, with like uh, marijuana being a big thing now, right? Like you can go do grow houses. You can specialize in grow houses. And so there's all these specialties that you could decide that you want to be. Just figure out what it is you want to do and, and just learn, saturate yourself, have a passion for it. And I think that's where the magic really happens because you, you tend to be really happy with, with your career path, right? Because this, this industry could beat it out of you real quick. Yeah, the uh, gr- grow houses is one way to uh, get more people into the trades, that's for sure. <laughs> also, <laughs> definitely where magic happens, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a um, happy place. You know, I've decided like part of my part of my job is recruiting. I'll, always felt like that, you know, when I was in a truck in 2004 and got out to to uh yes plumbing heating and air in in Las Vegas it was the first time i ever worked at a place where i was genuinely happy and fulfilled with what i was doing and and this just became like i went from being a plumber to a selling tech and and it sounds like okay you just started selling for a living but no i like i learned communication and i learned how to interact with human beings outside of just knocking on the door and offering plumbing solutions but like in general i just became a communicator and, you know, I had no skill at that whatsoever before. So it was like learning all these things at once was like making me love my career more and more and more. And as soon as I started falling in love with it, I started recruiting people. Like I wanted my team to be made up of people that I wanted to be around. So instead of, you know, isolating myself f- from negative people in, in the organization, I just started filling in gaps between me and those people with people that I wanted to work around. And it's something I still do to this day. And I actually uh, told, I was working out at, at a gym here locally this morning and told this kid uh, if, he, if he'd listened to an episode, I'd give him a shout out <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to hire him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's just one of these kids that's like, and, and you know, this is a lesson for all of us if we really want to make, you know, if we re- really want to turn the, the, uh, turn the attitude of the organization we're with, and it doesn't matter what level we're can be a part runner and you can do this as well as, as the owner of the company. You just fill in the company with people that you know you want to be around, like positive, grateful people. And this, this kid's 22 every day, every morning that I'm in the gym, he's quick to give like a head nod, a smile, say good morning. Um, always like welcoming people to work in with him. If he's on a machine, somebody wants, he's always like helping people. And my wife and son are at, at the gym with me, um, Saturday or Sunday. And one of them asked me, like, do you know him? Cause you know, with always with the head nod and the smile, and I'm like, no, but I want to work with him. Like I want to hire this kid. You know, he just seems like such a good kid. And it turns out today we were both going to use the same piece of equipment. And I said, well, let me just work in with you, you know? And so that just means like he goes, then you go, then he goes, then you go. And, uh, we went a few sets and I just said, you know, what do you do? And he's like, I'm an electrician. <laughs> 22 year old third year electrician. I won't say the name of the company until he gets here because I won't get him in trouble. But actually, I kind of do. Should they, should say the name? No. Uh, but I'm like, are you kidding me? Great timing, you know. Um, and we kind of went into how his pay structure works and how many years it's going to be before he makes you know, what he considers decent income. And you know, you know what what it is in most trade organizations, and 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 it's like an, a slow crawl uphill for hourly raises every couple of years or whatever. And we work off performance pay and even our install teams work off of performance pay. So we had a conversation about that. 
And I shot him an episode of the podcast to listen to. And uh, David Matos, I didn't actually ask him how to pronounce his last name, but David Matos, thanks for having a chat with me, buddy. We're looking forward to you working with us soon. And uh, as promised, I mentioned you on the podcast. Um, he was like super excited with like what we have to offer here. And I feel like even more than, you know, um, the opportunity to shortcut making a great income in the trades, what we offer here is exactly what Ben is promoting with HVAC Tactical, which is working around great, motivated, grateful, happy people and who, who really enjoy lifting other people up and working in an environment where your growth is not encouraged, it's expected in, in every aspect. So we have, you know, we have financial training here that our vice president of finance does the Dave Ramsey type, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, this program, Ramsey Financial Peace University. Thanks, Nate. Financial Peace University uh, um, classes where we'll just do 10 weeks of teaching you how to be better with your your personal finances. And then Matt Buckwalter, our CEO, is in the middle now of doing the Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where it's really got nothing to do with what you do for a living, but kind of all-encompassing being a better person. So we're doing week two of that. Next but it has week. everything to do with what you do. Really. Sure. It's all <laughs> encompassing. It, it's literally every yeah. part of you just being, being a more productive, what, what it's called, being a more efficient person, but it's very, uh, it, it hits very deep. It's, it's like one of the favorite things that we do for training here every year for our staff. You know, that David guy that you're talking about, um, you know, the, the, the crazy part about individuals like that is that you have, as an, if you're employing them, you have to always be careful because everybody else wants that employee, right? Like they, they're not, an, they're not an average employee, right? So people want them. And typically those are the kinds of people who end up branching off and doing their own thing eventually, right? Because yeah, and they we're, can't ever find the piece of working for somebody else because somebody else just never treats them right. Yep. We, we do try to be the place that treats treats people well enough. We actually don't tend to have people go off on their own from here very often, but when they do, we, we, you know, send them with love and, um, you know, don't take our, our clients, but by all means, like, you know, go, go do your thing. If that's your dream, then we want to, we want you to be fulfilled one way or the other. You know, remember us yeah. when you get to the top, that's all. Right. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's, that's the, the culture we're trying to build here is, is we've, we've built it thus far, at least over the past almost a decade that Nate and I have been on the leadership team by bringing in that type of person. People like us who are all about everybody else, all about success, all about growth. Um, appreciation is a, is a uh, big thing here. It's one of our core, four core values here that we seriously hire, fire, and promote based upon is appreciation being one of the big four. Um, and that's who we fill the place with. But in terms of this podcast, it's like amplifying that message outward much like yourself with HVAC Tactical. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that when you're talking to somebody who is, no matter what they do for a living, if you're talking to somebody who is passionate about what they do, it gets you excited about what they do, right? And you're just like, man, this guy really loves what he does. Like, I, lo- I, I love the energy. I want to be around this guy. And so imagine filling filling that void with a room full of people, two to 300 people, right? Everybody in this room just has a passion for what they do for a living. And the common denominator is you guys all do relatively the same thing, right? It's all about HVAC. And uh, and that's ultimately kind of what we've created. 
and then you, you just create this energy when you leave this place and it just motivates you man to just try to level up and then and take that that energy and that vibe and push it off onto somebody else and get somebody else excited about it and i think that's again where we stop recruiting and we start attracting just people like hey, there's something special going on here i want to be part of this thing and um, that's really what we're trying to do so ben <clears throat> you know one of those attitudes that we all have to deal with is a level of complacency whether it's I'm complacent in my career, I'm complacent with who I am, I'm complacent with uh, just, you know, waking up every morning, eating my life, going to work, getting the paycheck on Friday and spending it over the weekend. So how do you get guys off of center? Like, how do you actually make them move? Is is there a trick to it? Is there a method? Is it a long, a long turn or is it something that you can say to them? How do you actually drive home this idea that this is something to be proud of, that you have more to offer, and that all you have to do is start taking those growth challenges and progressing towards something. I think part of the problem is most people are in a comfort zone. And, you know, the old adage, you know, comfort zone is where dreams go to die, right? This is just a place where we've just ended up. We didn't plan on being here. Look, I didn't, I personally didn't wake up in the morning and realize, think, oh man, I think I want to be an HVAC guy. Like I was just thrown into this as a young man because this is what the normal was for me, right? And I tried to leave this industry, but this industry has a really funny way of just sucking you back in. And I think a lot of people will share a a very similar story. Um, If you're mechanically inclined, if you have maybe a background in automotive, you, you know, you're good with your hands, like this is a great trade to be in. But it's easy to lose the vigor for it. It's easy to lose the passion for it because the grind just really, it just grinds it out of you, man. And I think that we just end up finding this comfort zone. You're like, well, you know, I'm good at it and I don't want it too late in my life to go find another career. And, you know, I I make decent money. I'm just going to tough it out every day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hate my life. And I think that when you start to surround yourself with people, there's, I don't think there's anything that I could say to somebody that's going to wake them up or reignite the passion, right? I think it's having somebody else present that has a passion and letting that person feel that passion and see that passion and hear that passion. You're just like, man, I kind of want, I kind of want that passion back or I kind of want to be like that. Or, and I need to, I need to befriend this guy. I need to roll with this guy. Like I, I need to invite him to a barbecue or something. I think, you know, the, the old saying is you, you know, you are the, the sum of your five closest friends, right? So stop and think about that. Anybody who's listening to this, stop and think, who are your five closest friends? What do they do for a living? Do they sit on the couch and watch TV all day? Do they play video games all day? Not that there's anything wrong with that, if that's the kind of life that you want to live, but that's not the life that I live, nor is the life that I want to live. I'm a very go-getter type of guy, and I want to roll with other people who are go-getters. I want to roll with other people who are going to encourage me and say, hey, dude, this is what you're doing wrong, and this is why you need to change it. You know, you wonder why you haven't achieved what you're trying to achieve is because of this, right? And um, I think that you have to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. And so I think that's number one. And then I think that reignites the passion. That helps get your mindset correct. Um, But I think it it really boils down to like you have to want it. You you really have to have this desire to say, hey, man, I I really want to make a change here. I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable in this comfort zone anymore. Like I'm tired of being here. And you'll never grow in a comfort zone. It just doesn't happen. I don't know why it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. I don't want to waste my time thinking of why it doesn't work. But when you step out of your comfort zone and you do things that 
you don't feel comfortable doing that are just like, man, I don't know about this, but I'm going to give it a try. That's where some awesome stuff happens. Like that's where the magic happens is when you step out of your comfort zone. And, um, you know, that's how you see these people. Um, what's her name that you guys just did that interview with? Um, Coral? Coral Whale. Dude, she's a freaking beast. Freak. Right? Oh my gosh. She's like out of her mind. 2.2 million with like a 1.7 in IAQ on maintenance calls. But she stepped out of her comfort zone and came to her employer and said, hey, I have a proposal for you, right? I would like to do this. And he was, okay. So you never know what you're going to get unless you ask for it, right? And so these are just like some little rules that I live by. Stay out of your comfort zone. Ask for things that you think are unattainable. You know, always try to to get things that are outside of, of what you think is even possible, right? So, like, you know, if you're going to marry somebody, are you marrying up or are you marrying down, right? Always go for a, a spouse that you think is out of your league. That's that's my that's the way I look at things. So, um, yeah, I think it just starts with that, and it starts with the mindset. It starts with surrounding yourself with like-minded people. It starts with uh, you know just having that passion, really trying to reignite that passion. So, it's not just one thing. You know, it, it's a it's a culmination of a lot of different things, but they all work together. They all feed off of each other. So, Ben, uh, before we wrap up here, and as we were bringing things in for a landing, if people are interested in the movement or getting some cool gear or anything like that, where's the best place? to find that? Uh, you can find us at hstacktactical.com. You can find us on all social media platforms, uh, Tactical, and um, TikTok. We don't do TikTok. Okay. And if they're interested in, in uh, getting to know you a little bit better, do you have any, any methods of communication? Yeah, you can reach out through the website or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, we have HVAC Tactical on LinkedIn as well as you can find my my personal profile on LinkedIn, which is just Ben Poole. Um, that's Poole with an E at the end. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm always open to talk to new people and meet new people and network and you know build relationships, genuine relationships. So Great. So Ben, as we wrap up here, uh, last thing I wanted to ask you is like dream a little bit for us. You know, let's say that this movement really takes hold and and it starts flushing out over the next you know couple years. Like what what does what do you see as the potential for what the trades could become? I just got a message yesterday of a guy in England wanting to know if they could we could do a, an award show in England for them because they're looking at what we're doing in America and they're kind of envious of that. Um, I think that. As this movement continues to grow, what we're going to find is we're going to find these tradesmen and women who have decided to truly be the best at what they do because they're continuing to train, continuing to educate, continuing to elevate their game and their career. And as we all do that, this movement grows. You're going to see the industry do that. You're going to get these kind of, I don't want to say they're nobodies, but these people who really don't care, you're going to start to see them fall off because they can't keep up anymore. And you're going to see our industry be able to charge more for our services because let's face it, right? You can charge more where there's more value. And if you know more and you're very good at what you do and you're passionate with what you do, there's more value there. And from that standpoint, everybody in this industry begins to level up because we're all making a better living. We're all happier with what we're doing. And that just begins to change a lot of different aspects of the trade. So, I, so that's I, the goal. I hope you're right, man. That is the goal. And we are all about it as well. Thank you, Ben Poole, for being a guest with us today. And make sure you check out HVAC Tactical and everything that they are about. Yeah, it was great talking to you, man. And we look forward to having you on often. Appreciate you. Hey, that's a wrap for this show. And we hope that you had a good time listening to Ben. Uh, We are all about what he is talking about there in terms of 
re uh, rethinking the trades and you know making this a movement let let's get out there bring more people into the trades that are good people make sure that you yourself have checked your mindset to make sure that you're focused on growth and opportunity and going somewhere let's get rid of this old hat negativity and all the stuff that the trades is stereotypically uh, been built for and let's make this the new place that you know everybody wants to come and i think that's really exciting because there really is such great opportunity here and in a world where so many young people are searching for a career and an opportunity and you know they're lost in college and and whatever else the world is telling them to do this is such a good landing zone and a grounding place for them to spread their wings and launch we want to make sure that we're bringing you this type of content every week and we hope that you've enjoyed it so far Thank you so much for supporting our show and sharing it and uh, letting the people know. We really appreciate that. And now we want to leave you with our weekly challenge, which is the same every week, to choose to wake up each morning and waste no day. 